I just want to say thank you for walking with me, studying with me, learning, applying uh, the book of Ephesians. Uh, we've been making our way passage by passage, verse by verse, uh, looking into every topic that God wants us to understand. Uh, we've been focusing on uh, who we are in Christ, chapters 1 through 3, and how to live in Christ, how to apply these things in chapters 4 through 6. And so we made it uh, to chapter 6. Uh, we are still connected in this verses that we're going into today all the way back to chapter 5, verse 18, that said, be filled with the Spirit. And so we've been talking about uh, Spirit-filled uh, churches being the church that he wants us to be. We looked at that, our worship. We talked uh, two Sundays about marriage and focused on them. I couldn't believe I got so much writing about kissing her at the pulpit right here. It's just... Uh, but I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about that, and uh, I hope that you had some chances to talk about your marriage uh, from all that we talked about in the last couple of weeks. And now there's uh, really two other sections here. One is about parents and children, chapter 6, verses 1 through 4, and then about jobs and, and those responsibilities of our life in chapters, uh, in verses 5 to 9 that we'll look at uh, next week. So uh, I don't know what you think about uh, your family, maybe you think it's too late for your family. All you can see maybe is hurt or brokenness. Um, you know, many families kind of feel like uh, ne neglected old mansions. Uh, you know, the beauty is still there, but you maybe need a little work on them, you know, like some oil on the hinges or some painting, uh, some sanding of some doors. But by God's grace, God continues to help us with our families. Amen. Uh, when, when the relationships struggle, uh, you don't just junk it. Uh, families are valuable treasures and they are worth restoring and asking God to be involved. So everyone has opinions about parenting, don't they? Especially grandparents, I think. <laughs> We all have uh, opinions about parenting. I, I heard about a guy that uh, felt like it was so important that he teach about parenting. And so he came up with this seminar and he was teaching and, you know, he had some fancy smancy uh, title for it. And, um, you know, then he had a child and he said, uh, I, he changed the name a little bit and kind of maybe recommendations instead of being such a smart aleck about it. And then, uh, you know, after he had his second child, I noticed that he just quit doing those seminars anymore. <laughs> Don't you feel like that sometimes? That's, kind of that's kind of the way that it is, you know. Um, but what we need is that God, who is our creator and our father, his opinion is worth listening to. His opinion is worth putting uh, trust in uh, together. And so that's what we're looking at today. Uh, you know, when society decides to undermine the really bedrock institutions that God has put into place. Um, you know, we start hearing the death rattle of society around us. So it is very serious, very grave time in American society. Wouldn't you agree? When you think about uh, marriage, as marriage goes, so goes the family, and as goes the family, so goes our children. So my heart is really concerned and burdened for children, for my children, 
for the children that we minister to uh, through PFN, through the children that are a part of our community, our region, our society, uh, our nation. So we're going to talk about the importance of children. Uh, many of you have children. All of you are children. And many of you have grandchildren. So what a, what a blessing to have children. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. On down in that psalm, it says, happy is the man who has a quiver full of them. Did you notice we already heard the word quiver in this service once already? Uh, where she's talking about a quiver of arrows you heard from Sherry. Um, he, he's talking about that, that, that recognizing the, the blessing that we've been given, the great blessing, the great wonder, the, the great thrill of having children. Amen. Doesn't that make you smile? If it doesn't, smile anyway. You know, uh, 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 Jessica was so clear, wasn't she? She said, I, I need my children to know these things uh, that, are, that are important in her heart. We are happy about the children that we have. Did he, did he make it an easy task? Certainly not. Uh, you know, discipling, raising a family is, is a big job, a big responsibility. And so God wants to help us with that. Uh, you know, some say that children are the future church, but you know what we say here. Children are the church of today, not just the church of, of tomorrow. So would you, would you hear these words from God? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. May his blessing be on his word. Uh, when I was a seminary student, I um, was, uh, went to seminary in Kansas City, and I... Um, heard about this man. His name was Reverend T.W. Willingham. And T.W. Willingham, I was familiar with him because when I was growing up in the Church of the Nazarene in South Carolina, we always went to these camp meetings. You know, we had a camp and went to camp meeting and they would have all these big uh, preachers come in and be a part of that. And I, uh, you know, I love going there and watching all them. And I love T.W. Willingham. I mean, he was old when I was young. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was going there. And so now he's living not too far from the seminary. And somebody said to me one day, would you, uh, would you like to go see Dr. Willingham? And I said, oh man, that'd be awesome. You know, I had so much admiration and respect for this guy. And so now he's, I don't know, he was about, you know, he's 85 or something and uh, he's older and he's still so sharp witted. And, and so we went in and we were talking to him and, you know, there's a lot of respect and all that stuff. And, um, not, not too long in the conversation, he says, um, what, what, are you all, what are you boys all doing here? And, you know, we're trying to say, we're trying to learn from him, whatever. And, and he said, well, he said, well, I, it, that's all right. He said, but just, just don't be like me. And he said, uh, I know some of you want to be like me and be influential and preach around the world and do all those things. He said, but the, the mistake I made was that I was married to the church. 
and to my preaching and my work. And I, uh, I let my children down because I, uh, it was so amazing to me that such a man of influence was so vulnerable and open to that. And I, I knew that was already something that was so important to me. I wasn't married. I mean, I would j had just been, gotten married, um, and we had uh, just had our first child. And so uh, it stuck with me, and it's continued to stick with me. You know, you can't give your life to something else beside your children and your wife and your family. There's a lot of other important things, but nothing is important to God as serving him and taking care and raising your family. Amen. You can't, you can't sell out to that company. They won't be there for your children. You have to be there. You have to be present with them. So you, you see what is happening in this, in this scripture here. You know, we, um, you, you, those of you that are not parents, I want you to remember that the whole body of Christ is responsible for children. We are all together uh, responsible for them. So if you're single or if you're married with no kids or you're married and your kids are grown or uh, the, the, you know, the kids at church are ours as well. And that's part of what I want to talk about today. So really four things uh, that, I, that I want to say to you, just really four amazing statements uh, that we can make. Number one, we value and care for all children. We value and care for all children. Isn't it amazing to you that in a book like Ephesians, a section of scripture right here, so important, all these amazing topics that God is talking about, that he brings up your children. That he's willing for that to be one of the topics that he's talking about here. That's pretty stunning to me because in the, in the days that we, you know, not only does he, does he say children, he doesn't just say boys. Think about your boys. He, said, he says children for the girls and the boys because we know that in this, in this time, children, first of all, women weren't very respected, much less children. Um, so the, the church is interested and values children. Uh, you know, we value the birth of children, don't we? Uh, we, we work on that, don't we? We, uh, we give away stuff and we have showers or sprinkles now, don't we? Uh, so we, we try to do things because we really value uh, the, the birth of our babies. We, we do things for early childhood uh, uh, to care for them. You know, we recognize that we all have a responsibility for them. You know, but we not only care about, you know, the birth of children in the church, uh, we care about abortion issues in our society, don't we? We stand up for that. We, um, we celebrate with Sherry the work that Living Alternatives is doing. And, and they're not the only ones that care about that in our whole region there. But we support them and we believe in that because we care about that. We value and we care about all children. We care about uh, adoption. Amen. We, we believe how important that is. We, we are supporting uh, Josh and Ashley. Uh, right now, praying for them. Uh, you know, I pray for them just about every day. They're in this adoption process. There are many other uh, adopted children that are here, but we, you know, we recognize that they're just part of our family. We just have brought them in. You know, we, we recognize that there are foster children that have been a part of our congregation now and at other times. And uh, man, we support all of that, don't we? We support and value all of our children. And we recognize that we're just following in the legacy of Jesus Christ. 
You know, that was, that was Jesus' desire is that we would listen and follow. Um, you know, the scripture says in Mark 10, people were bringing children to Jesus so that he would bless them. But the disciples scolded them. When Jesus saw this, he grew angry and he said to them, allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. Then he hugged the children and blessed them. Guess they weren't dealing with COVID back then, were they? <laughs> No, he's hugging them and loving on them. Clearly, Jesus loved children, and children loved him. And that was unusual for the time. The rabbis wouldn't have had time for them. That's why the disciples responded the way that they did. But Jesus' words and actions said that children are more likely to find favor with God than these self-satisfied Pharisees and these materialistic rulers there. I love the message. It's so straightforward in that scripture. It says, don't push these children away. Don't even get between them and me. These children are the very center of life life in the kingdom. Unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you yourself will never get in. You know, people were bringing children to Jesus so he could bless them. You know, when, when you were a child, did some people bring you to Jesus so you could be blessed by them? Uh, that's, that's what we do here, right? You know, we have, we have kids on, we have early childhood, we have refuge, we have leaders, we have somebody like Brian that, that uh, establishes a ministry for all of our children. We have uh, Pastor Josh who helps care for our, our teenagers and a big team that's all around them. Why is that so important? Because we have to care for our children. We value and care for all of our children. And so that's an encouragement for all of us. So that's one of the amazing statements that we can make. Number two is that we are called, we are challenged. We set a Christ-centered example for our children, a Christ-centered example for our children. So that's such an important um, recognition of our part of that. Paul, uh, he really, he doesn't say here, set an example for, for the children, but it's implied in the teaching and leading and disciplining, disciplining our children. Um, the children are learning basic Christian living by watching their parents. Amen. They're not just watching the pastor. They're not just watching the children's pastor, the youth pastor, the Sunday school teacher. The basic learning of Christian living comes by watching our parents. Paul here is addressing all Christians, um, and some of them are, you know, isn't it interesting that he writes this? This would have been a letter that would have been read in church originally, uh, read to the people there. So he recognized there are going to be parents in the crowd. There are going to be children in, in the crowd. He had some things uh, to say uh, to them. He's helping us to know that your example is influential. Your example in the life of your children is influential. Are they learning the value of God, the value of Christ and the church, an understanding of the mission that we are called to? You know, faithfulness to God um, is, 
recognizing that it's not just about job and money and material things, but it's about humility and repentance and coming before God. You know, children learn obedience, learn respect, learn submission as they watch us. You know, so early on in, in my life as a father, it was so important to me. You know, I used to say to my family all the time, I'm not only the pastor for the church, I'm your pastor. Like if I, if I couldn't be there for them, you know, you know, I, I, back then, just like now I go to the hospital, somebody calls, I go, I can do whatever I have to do. But, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't miss a lot of ball games. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't sacrifice my children on the altar of the church. I just wasn't going to do it. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't married. I was married to Kim, not to (laughs) y'all. Right. You know, I got, I got a, I got a big responsibility. So do you. That's your responsibility uh, to be there. You know, we all fail as parents, right? I mean, none of us have got, there is no way to do this perfectly. I mean, we mess up, we make mistakes, we do the best that we can, but we need to realize that we need God's grace to help us be parents. We need the grace of God. You're not going to do it perfectly. And your kids, you know, kids are so forgiving, especially when we come with humility and we uh, respond to them and God helps us with forgiveness and empowerment. So recognizing that role, but we recognize that our, inf- our example is powerful and influential. Number three, the third thing here is right out of this scripture. Children, honor and obey your parents. See, children were made by God to glorify God just as well as their parents. You know, there's such a, a purpose from God to have you honor and obey your parents. Let's talk about that a little bit. You know, he says, honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. That's what uh, Exodus said. You know, so uh, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, he comes up with this, uh, honor your mother and your father. And then Paul says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So uh, what's, what's the whole idea of honor? You know, honor in the Bible uh, means uh, something that is weighty, something that is um, that you honor someone when you give weight or you grant that person uh, respect and authority uh, in your life to prize something highly. Uh, So that's the idea that we're honoring. And, you know, honoring is like an inner attitude that you have. Can't you tell if somebody is honoring you know, we can tell that, can't we? Because we, we see the respect that they have for someone else. We see the level of obedience that's there. We can tell if that honor, because honors, you know, it's hard to figure out exactly what honor looks like because it comes out in respect and obedience. But honor is an inner attitude uh, that we have. One of the problems that we have in America is that we have messed up honor and respect, Right? I mean, the way we talk about police and all of that stuff, and I understand all the social justice coming along there, how people are treated. We treat people so poorly sometimes. No, you know, not you. You know, you know, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about them, whoever them is over there. But it, it's an issue, isn't it, in our country? Um, and he's talking to us about honoring uh, our parents. Um, you know, the Bible talks about it over and over six different times. Um, in the New Testament, even, he talks about this honor uh, for parents. Uh, so he's encouraging us, reminding us. I mean, who's he talking about? You know, nobody gets exempt from this command, right? 
I mean, I, I, I have children and they're not, you know, they're not in school and, you know, young anymore. They're having their own children. And, you know, I got one that's getting married here pretty soon, but I still have a responsibility to care for them. And I feel like they have an opportunity to honor and respect me and their mother especially their mother, right? You know, you know how that goes. You know, don't disrespect mama. You know? but, it's, but it's God's idea of how does he keep our families strong and together, uh, recognizing and honoring of our parents. Now, God calls us to honor and obey our parents. Why? Uh, he says here, to, uh, it's right. Uh, don't you like that? It's almost like, because I said so, Right? <laughs> I know all of y'all quoted that uh, at some point. And God just says, I'm just telling you, it's the right thing to do. And it is the right thing, isn't it? It's the right thing to do for us to honor uh, our parents, our mother and our father. Uh, I, I know, and we could have a conversation about difficulties and problems in there. But again, honor is an inner attitude and a choice uh, that we get to have that sometimes we have to figure out how that's reflected um, in relationships that can sometimes be difficult for us. I get that. He says, this is the, this is the command that comes with a promise. And the promises is that things are, will go well with you. So, you know, I often tell people, children, you know, you treat your parents bad, look out. God says it's not going to go good for you. That's a good one to use parents, right? Uh, to, to remind them of that. And that you might not live long on the earth. You know, maybe some of you parents have said that. I don't know how much longer you're going to be around if you keep living and acting that way, right? So, okay, that's enough of that. Um, no, the, the, the children are being encouraged here to honor and obey uh, their parents. I mean, how, do, how do children obey their parents? Children obey their parents by, you know, we, we do what, what they guide us to do. Uh, notice that little phrase, children obey your parents in the Lord. You know, so that goes both ways, doesn't it? Uh, the way that we treat our children, uh, the way that we honor and love them makes it where it's, they want to obey us. It is the the thing there, he says that it is, it is right. It is the right thing to do. So number four, so we, so far we value care for all children. We recognize that we are giving Christ centered examples to them. Children honor and obey your parents. And last we make disciples of our children. We make disciples of our children. Um, it'd be a shame for me to be a pastor and to not realize the responsibility I have, not only to help lead our congregation, but to know that I'm, I'm seeking to disciple my children. Um, you know, we, we did that. Uh, we sought ways to do that, strategies to do that when they were growing up. But, um, you know, I haven't, I haven't given up. I keep working at it. Uh, you know, they, uh, I love texting. <laughs> texting is fabulous. Uh, because I can stay so connected uh, to them. And, you know, I can say things that uh, they, they don't get to back talk or they don't, they don't have, I just get to say whatever I want and uh, send them scripture. And I wrote them this morning and uh, told them I was going to be talking about all this and just how much, I, how much I love them and cherish them and how much I want today to be a day of, of worship uh, for them. You know, he, 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 he gives some guidance here uh, to us. He's, he's talking about, um, 
what our mindset is related to our children. Uh, what am I thinking about? You know, he mentions fathers here, but really the word he uses there could apply to both parents, you know, because both parents are involved in helping them grow, uh, helping them uh, to learn. Proverbs 6 says, my son, obey your father's commands and don't ne neglect your mother's instruction. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. When you wake up, they will advise you. So Paul here, he's talking about uh, the mother and the father and the influence that we have uh, on them. Sometimes that can't happen. That doesn't work out. But we can do everything that we can. You know, I, I even always thought, even if the husband and the wife sometimes couldn't get along together, couldn't they just grow up and take care of their children anyway? You know, but we use them. Uh, in situations against us. So both parents united in raising the children, disciplining them, teaching them. Two different challenges he mentions here. Number one, he says, do not provoke them to anger. You know, it says fathers, but, you know, mothers can provoke to anger just as easily as dads, right? Uh, you know, we recognize that. But he's talking to fathers directly because he's encouraging the father to be a spiritual leader, to take a role in discipline and instruction. Um, you know, recognizing that uh, the fathers um, have, have a definite role along with the mothers. So uh, what do we do? How do, how do you uh, cause anger? How does... Don't you like the word exasperate? Don't exasperate your children. You know, you don't like being exasperated by your parents or anybody around you. So don't, um, you know, things like, um, you know, how do, how do we accomplish that? Um, make sure that you remember that they're kids. Know what their age level and their maturity is and how you're dealing with them and what you expect of them. Uh, don't be comparing your children to others especially their siblings, right? <laughs> we don't like, they don't like that. It's, it's such a, a hurtful thing and it can exasperate them. How about discipline without consistency? Discipline without consistency. I figured out that the best way for me and Kim to consistently discipline is to talk. <laughs> talk in advance. Have a strategy, have a plan. So I disconnected from them trying to play me because we already decided what we were going to do. We didn't want to exasperate them. Uh, failing to express approval for accomplishments that are done. Being positive, encouraging to them. Failing to express uh, love to them. You know, I'm... Yeah, just like I was telling you, I wrote them this morning and just overwhelmed them with love words and all kind of things I wanted to tell them about that. You know, my children will never stand up and say that they never knew that their mom and dad loved them. Uh, haven't you met people, though, that never really heard that, never really cared? Don't be those people. Do something about that. Figure out ways to be affectionate and to share that with them. Teach our boys and our girls how to love, how to be affectionate with each other. Learning happens in that family setting. Amen? Um, disciplining them for reasons other than willful disobedience and defiance. You know, sometimes we discipline them just because we don't like what they're doing or maybe we're just tired and don't want to put up with whatever. You know, making sure that our discipline is done in the right way. Uh, how about this? They can be exasperated by being pressured to pursue your goals rather than their own. 
that's, that's a tough one sometimes. Um, so just some different ways that you can put into practice. Uh, how do we not exasperate them? And then the last phrase, he moves from a negative command, don't exasperate your children, to a positive command. He says, bring them up. Bring them up in the... Uh, training and instruction of the Lord are the words of, of NIV. Um, the word training there can be um, nourishing, feeding, um, supporting them, encouraging them so they are cherished. And so we are training. We are offering uh, instruction to them. Uh, discipline involves showing them the way, including them in the process of understanding what is being taught and showing them uh, instruction. You know, it is a uh, a desire that we have to uh, speak in to speak Jesus into their life and to bring them up with training uh, and instruction, you know, in the instruction of the Lord. So, how do we do that? Uh, what kind of what kind of guidance are we are we giving them? Uh, certainly, you can have a devotional book and read the scripture, and I'll mention that again in a minute. But you know, one of the ways that we can really instruct our children is to stay married and love each other. That's a pretty good one. Um, loving our children, our, our children would, would say, are y'all kissing again in, or in the kitchen or something like that? So not just in the pulpit, you know, just so, um, but, um, be there for your children, be an example as a married couple, uh, love your spouse, love your children together. Uh, take your children to church, take your, you know, we are in this together. You know, we are not the parents of your children at, at this church. But we are partners with you. Uh, we think about it that way, that we can partner with you to encourage our children uh, to know. Um, so uh, show up. You know, once in a while, Brian will tell me he, he's heard this or I'll hear it. And uh, somebody will say, oh, I need, I need this. I need this for my family. And, you know, I want to I say, you know, we've been doing that for the last umpteen years here, uh, providing that. Uh, but... You know, maybe you were just coming, sitting in service and really not involved, but you got to show up. You got to show up and bring your kids to church uh, that they can be a part. Amen, Michelle. Right now, I heard that right there. Um, so recognizing that we want to partner together. You can't do it on your own. You need God's grace and you need the help of others. There were many times Kim and I would pray and say, oh God, we haven't, we're having this problem. Um, would you bring somebody into their life that will encourage them? You know, they get tired of hearing me. They get tired of hearing you. But you pray that God is going to use somebody in their life that in our church has the same values, the same ideas. You know, and they hear us and they think, wow. They, they sound just like my mother. Uh, you know, we, we're in this partnership together. You know, it takes the church to raise kids. It takes the gospel uh, to raise kids. So we talk about the gospel. You know, love them, have fun with them, and talk about Jesus. Talk about Jesus. One time, we had a family service. I don't know if you remember this, but it was years ago. Um, and we had a family service where we did different locations. And so we had, we had a car, and we were driving in the car, and we were talking, about, uh, talking to our children in the car. We had a bedroom set up where we could do devotions and read scripture at night. We had a kitchen table where we sat there and talked about the Lord and, and reminding us that we had these opportunities to be able to, uh, to be involved there. One time... Uh, and I'm just telling you this because um, I want you to have strategies. 
God will help you. If he wrote it in this book, he will help you to accomplish it. So, well, one place where I was a pastor, um, this really good, sweet little girl, uh, she was a young teenager, or I, I, she might have been 16, 17 uh, at the time, probably. And, uh, and she was like a great girl in the youth group. And my kids knew her, and my kids were probably 13, something like that. And, uh, and so this girl, she might have even been 18 at the time, so she's just getting ready to graduate, where they had this party. And there were a bunch of people there. And there were some church kids that were there. And so this girl, um, she had never drank alcohol, but she's 18. So she, I think she decided she would drink a little bit of alcohol. Well, if, you know, I guess if you never drank before, it just smacked her right away. And she was kind of out of it. They weren't really sure what else happened. But the end of the story was that late into the early, or night in the early morning, people just hanging around. She passed out. Um, one of the boys from church uh, raped her, and she got pregnant. And it was, just a, it was just devastating. Well, you know, nobody was announcing that in church. <laughs> you know, we were trying to support that family as best we could. But you know what I was thinking about? I was not only praying for that girl, but I'm thinking about my 13, 14, 15-year-old right there. I thought, man, I said, I want to tell him that story so much. You know, and then I, but I'm a pastor. How am I going to tell them all that? So one night we're driving along. We got the minivan, of course. You know, we had minivan for years. So we, they're sitting in the back and, uh, and it's dark. And so I said, I'm going to tell you a story. I thought it'd be better in the dark. You know, so, so, I, so I'm telling the story and talking to them. And I can see them in the, in the window. I didn't tell them who it was, but I described this event and how that could happen to a young girl. If you're not really paying attention, if you, uh, you know, I wasn't, that what happened was not her fault. This boy took advantage of her. But, you know, my kid, my girls could have got taken advantage of too. But I wanted them to be so aware. So it was so important that we have that kind of instruction that time, looking for strategies, praying uh, for that moment that we can have conversation because I have this responsibility to give training and instructions uh, to, uh, to our children. So that's, that's our calling. So I wanted, to, I wanted to say three things to you at the end. Uh, let's give them Jesus, Right? We got a lot to give. I know you want to give them a good education. I know you want to buy them things. I know they want you to, to buy them things. You know, I know how all that goes. But what our families need is Jesus. And to figure out ways that he can be a centerpiece in our families with scripture, how we can do that, what works best for our family, not just hammering them, but having fun and loving each other and talking uh, about Christ. I'd say also, never give up. You know, don't give up on those older children that have kind of gone their own way. You know, the, the scripture says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. I know there's a lot of interpretation of that scripture, but it's an encouraging word that God is still at work. Are you glad? that God is still at work on those children maybe that haven't accepted Christ or those that have wandered. Uh, don't give up on them. So let's pray for our children. Let's pray for our children. Nothing could be more important on your prayer, prayer list than praying for them. I have, I have a list here. Uh, I have a list of 144 
early childhood, that would be from birth to five-year-old, that we ministered here to, at our church, 144. Uh, then I have uh, the kids' own list. Uh, this is first grade to sixth grade, 322 children on, on this list. And then I have a list of seventh graders to 12th graders, 446 children on this list. That's uh, 912. So let's pray for them. And let's pray. Thank you. We, we care about children, but we care about your children. And you care about your children. And your prayers make a difference on a communication card. There's a place there that if you are praying, like you can just write down the name of your children, their first names, or just your children. But if you're praying specifically for a child, I mean, you have a burden, you have a need. Shouldn't we as a church be praying for these children, praying that God would help you as a parent? Um, so we're... Uh, I'm going to encourage our staff that over these next couple of months that we have opportunities to continue to pray with you. So if you have a, a child that you're praying for, if you want to make a prayer request on that card, uh, you'll be able to fill out that card and just leave it right there in the pew. And we're going to add it to all of these names and make sure that we are praying for your children. God cares about your kids. I'm counting on it that all of my kids are going to make it to heaven. And there is, you know, I've, I've, done, I've done what I can do. I'm going to continue to do the best I can. I'm going to pray for them. But we're trusting God to get our kids there, aren't we? We're trusting God to help our children. And if you don't have children, pray for, uh, I, I know you have family and friends that have children. All of us as parents we need prayer and we need support and the church is standing together and God is for you. God believes in you as a parent. He has blessed you with just the right children. You don't have to compare them to anybody else. You are the perfect parents for your children. That's how, that's how God sees it. He knows exactly who he put into your life and you have this incredible opportunity to help them get to heaven by making them disciples. And even if you kind of lost your voice, you've never lost your voice in prayer, praying for your children. Could we bow together? I'm going to hold on to these. I'm going to be thinking about my children. I want you to be thinking about your children. You know all their names. Think about them. Pray for them. Pray whether they're young, whether they're teenagers, whether they're older as adults, wherever they are, pray for them. Jesus. Thanks for allowing us to have this service this morning. Thanks for our worship. Thanks for the Parsons and their prayer that really touched us today. Lord, we pray for every family that's represented, listening, watching, wherever we are. Lord, you know all the, all the names of people and children that we've been thinking about through this service today. Lord, we need your help. We pray for our children in Jesus' name. We pray for them by name. For me, that would be faith and hope and will. And Kim and I unite in praying for them daily, multiple times a day. I pray for them. 
Lord, we pray for all of our children by name today, all of these early childhood, all of these babies and toddlers that are a part of this church, all of these uh, uh, elementary age children and preteens in first to sixth grade, all of our seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth graders, all of our children, Lord, wherever they are, they're all in different seasons, different times, they're all growing and maturing at different rates, but Lord, we need your guidance so we lift up our children to you in Jesus name. Lord we pray for their instruction for their guidance we pray for the tenderness of their heart toward the things of God Lord we know we have some children that are so open to you we have other children Lord that have been impacted by the world around us maybe even their personality that sometimes makes it difficult but Lord we love them all the same We love them in incredible ways. And we pray today in the name of Jesus for the salvation of every child. Every single child represented here on live stream today. We pray for them in Jesus' name. We believe that that's what's on your heart, and we thank you for that. We pray for your blessing on our efforts here at PFN, at Summit, and at Southside as we interact with children in all these different areas and neighborhoods. We need your help. We need your guidance, Lord, to be an influence as a church family and a support to our parents, and that, God, you would help us with instruction and guidance for our students. We praise you today, Lord. The church is yours. Our families are yours. We cannot do it alone, but we thank you that you have called us to be great parents. We thank you for our children, and we thank you that you sent them to us, and we love you today. So we pray that you would bless our conversation. Be with parents as they talk today or this week. Uh, Help us to devise strategy, and how can we best be the parents that God wants us to be and allow you to help us to do what only we can do by your help. We love you today, Lord, and we give you thanks. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen, amen.